Brooklyn. Welcome to Gameplay Radio. Oh my goodness, we're on air. Who would have thought we'd be back on air? Welcome to 
this lovely hour. My name is Aaron, and I am your host of this hour where we play a whole bunch of nerdy uh, games, mostly Dungeons & Dragons related, but also other things as well. But we're going to stick with the Dungeons & Dragons today um, because we are playing, uh, we are continuing the game we played two weeks ago called Death House, uh, a one-shot, which is, of course, a precursor to Curse of Strahd, created by Wizards of the Coast, uh, which is a company that does a lot of Dungeons and Dragons storylines, uh, and that we play for you here today uh, with my lovely friends, uh, Lauren and Mike. Say hi, you guys. Hello. Hi. We haven't died quite yet in the death house. Not quite yet, but you guys are flirting with the line there a little bit. We're in a predicament. Oh, I always <laughs> flirt with the line. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe that's the reason the line likes you so much. Um, so uh, these two are playing different characters. Why don't you guys tell me who your characters are and tell our listeners who your characters are uh, since they probably haven't listened to the other episodes. Absolutely. So, um, I am Rina Nyailo. Um, I'm an elven monk. Uh, I am very superstitious. Um, but I am committed to, uh, Writing the world and getting rid of evils in it. Cool, cool, cool. And Mike? I am playing Aeneas the Trapuse. She <laughs> hails from, she, she is a wood elf who hails from the mountains where her family um, spent their time fighting eldritch monsters. She is very practiced at this. But unfortunately, her family is dead, and that drives her to hunt these things out. So that's mm. why she happens to run into Rena here at this death house. Completely a coincidence. Of course. Completely a coincidence. Obviously. Um, a coincidence which is turning out to mean so much more as you both fight for your lives and each other's lives. Honestly, you both have saved each other many more times than you probably expected. Uh, in this death house, a house that... Uh, so-called because every time someone tried to burn it down, it would rise back up from the ashes, uh, was a house that when you first entered seemed normal to an extent, you know, well-kept, fancy mansion, couple ghosts telling you there's something creepy in the basement, you know, the usual for a haunted house fair. But um, as you guys traveled the house, uh, first uh, Rinna got separated and, and thrown down into this weird dungeony area and then Aeneas, in the process of trying to uh, find um, her friend and colleague, um, almost died in the process of trying to find Rena. Uh, they managed to get back together and find themselves in this creepy underground gigantic room with this dais on top of a platform uh, surrounded by pretty shallow water um, and these uh, basically ghostly figures popped up and said, one must die, one must die. And when you weren't quite sure what to do and didn't really want to kill anyone, um, this gigantic shambling mound of like muck and wood and disgustingness came out and started to attack you. Um, Sounds like we need an electrode here, Aaron. Sounds like you need a what? An, an electro to use, to use um, self-destruct on this mound. Ah, uh, yes. The good old Pokemon. Um, but unfortunately, that is not the crossover that we have today. <laughs> <laughs> Rats. Yeah, next time, maybe. 
Maybe, actually. We could try to do a Pokemon thing. I'd be into Having it. ideas. Ooh. Um, but instead, all of this stuff happened. Rinna got, unfortunately, engulfed by this gigantic <laughs> thing. Uh, and yep. even though you guys are trying to hit it both inside and outside, it doesn't seem it's taking damage, but it doesn't seem to be going down easy. And that is kind of where we are in the middle of battle. And that is where we're going to pick up. Um, last we stopped stopped off Aeneas just had her turn uh Rinna it is yours um this is I'm gonna call the last turn we're going to have before you start uh you know suffocating suffocating to death, to death. sweet yeah exciting all right so, uh, so might want to figure something out well unfortunately I have used up all of my key points and all of my supernatural monk powers are waning so I am just going to do a good old-fashioned Whack with the quarterstaff, followed by uh, a bonus action unarmored strike. Okay. So let's roll this up. Grand, grand first roll. It was a two. Okay. Plus um, three. So big five, big five. Okay. You don't quite get as much purchase as you would want. It's hard to maneuver inside of something. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so I follow that with an elbow to the whatever organ-like thing I see. Okay. Um, yeah, wait, can, Rena, why don't you request to know, like, look around you inside this thing and see, like, can what I, is it? I mean, can I see anything? Isn't it pitch black? Uh, well, I do have dark vision, but... Make... Uh, I mean, I'll let, I'll let you do a free invest... A free perception check. Okay. Yeah. All right. 11 plus four. Um, it's pretty good. Okay. So that's a 15. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it seems like a kind of a gross mound. Do you think maybe you could try to fight your way out with a uh, strength thing contest? Okay. See if you can try to break yourself out of it. But. But it's too late for that because I already took my action. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to do my bonus action on unarmed strike. Okay. It's a little better. That's um, 13 to hit. Uh, just does not. It doesn't. Nope. I am flailing in my death throes. You're flailing it. You've got, so I just looked up to make sure that I was doing this correctly. If you start suffocating, you have two rounds. Okay. So you have two rounds. After this? Yes. Okay. Am I impaired by that? No. Okay. No, it just means that you have two rounds before you go unconscious. Right. So I have used up all of my oxygen and now I am going unconscious in two rounds right it's like you're holding your breath and it's reaching the point of like oh this is dire yeah okay all right now it is the mound's turn oh dear the mound is going to um move that's horrifying for me (laughs) (laughs) right because it moves with you you feel it moving around you yeah uh but the mound is going to move uh towards you know, Aeneas and is going to basically like try to slam its body into you. Well, how's it? Is it coming up to the desk? Because that's where I am. So, like, um, well, so 
how far does it get to move? That's it's far. got a speed of twenty feet. So, so uh, Aeneas is on the dais in the middle, right? Shooting from there. So, how big was the room? I think it just moves towards you. I don't think it quite gets you yet. Actually, now that I think about it, because like you were a little bit further away, but it's it's moving towards you now. Yeah. Okay. Um, how many feet away from me is it? Um, it's about five feet away from you now. Excellent. Um, okay. <laughs> like next round, it will. It's gonna go for you. We'll um, see about that. <laughs> and it is your turn, Aeneas. Aeneas cast Thunder Wave. Okay. Any any um creature within thank a you fifth- for, thank you for the Foley work. Yeah. I appreciate absolutely that. any creature within fifteen within a fifteen foot cube of me has to do a wisdom save or takes 2d8 of thunder damage. Okay. Do and you it's need pushed to, away from me. Do you need a hit or it's just a wisdom save on my part? Um, each creature. I think it's just a save. Yeah, it looks like okay. it's just a save. I will roll that save then. What's your DC? Yeah, what's the DC? 12. Well, I got 12, so. Ah, shoot. Sorry. So half damage, right? On a successful, uh, successful save, the creature takes half as much damage as it doesn't push. So I still need to roll a d8. So I still need to roll a d8 twice. Um, yeah, and yeah, then half you still need that. to roll. It's just half the damage. Right. And it doesn't get pushed away, I'm guessing. I think it is much. Correct. Uh, yes, thank you for your participation, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> Siri gets real into D&D. Siri gets into it. That's a two. Okay. And a five. So seven, half that, rounded down is three. Okay, three points of damage. Wow, guess I should have just used my longbow. <laughs> you know, you thought it was going to be more impressive, but this mound, it's like the second you like like clapped your hands and it started to like, the thunder wave started to like boom out, it almost like hunkered down like into the water. Like it was like, I don't know, it was ready. That wouldn't work with the laws of physics. Um, it would get shocked because the water would get shocked. We don't need physics in D&D. It's okay. No, no. What is physics? <laughs> I am the DM. The physics are mine to control. <laughs> do, do not question me. Um, okay, Rena, your turn. All right. So suffocating, I flail out some more because there is nothing else I can do. No, I'm going to take it. I'm going to do a strength check. You make the strength check? I'm going to try to just pure muscle my way out. Okay. I hope we're going to make this a contest, so I'm going to roll two. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> Not uh, one. Uh, Not one. Crit yep, fail. That's, you know, you try. <laughs> you're just, you're, you're really panicking now. I think I am developing claustrophobia yeah. currently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're going to die. Uh, I mean, Someone I am die. going to die. And if I die, it will be satisfied and you will live. You you that. you both imagine this conversation happening in the middle of this battle. Um, I I think maybe only Rena imagines this, and Aeneas chooses Aeneas not to think like, about it. <laughs> Rena. Um, okay, so I guess that's your turn. Yeah, it was great. Great. Uh, the mound. Unless there's anything else, you've got nothing else you want to no, do. No, because I I need to have attacked to yeah, use my bonus yeah, action. True. Okay. Uh, now it is the mound's turn. It's going to go for a slam attack, Aeneas. Oh, good. So uh, that's going to be a roll. I never roll this well <laughs> when I'm playing privately with my friends. I never roll this well. I got a natural 20. Oh, boy. Sorry, dude. 
Oh, I never roll this well. I hate this. Um, <laughs> you love it. You could pretty much assume that I'm down. I, well, well, let's see. I have six hit points. Uh, well, all right. Let me just roll this down. We'll just find out. We'll find out. Okay. Because it's 1d8. You only double the dice. the dice. So yeah. it's 2d8 now. Yeah, I got was over six hit points. You are unconscious on the grounds. Great. Thank Great. you. Okay, uh, cool, cool. The, the last thing you hear before you go unconscious is the uh, almost song-like chanting of these ghost things, these like hooded ghostly figures chanting around you. Death be praised. It's what you hear before you go unconscious. Um, now it is, and Ace, it's your turn. Roll a death saving throw. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Awesome, possum. It's a nine, so that's a, just a fail. Okay, so that's one failure. Mark that off. Great. Renna. All right. Your last turn. This is my last try. I'm going to try to do one last surge of strength. Okay. I think this die needs to go. Oh, no. What'd it's you get? a two again. I rolled a, a base nine. Yeah, there, I think it's a total of five, so. Okay, um... You push against it, but with your with your feeling like like weakening in your body and everything, like it's just it's too much, and you are also at zero hit points. So now we just see who dies first. So, <laughs> yeah, now it's just a rolling contest for, uh, for who death dies saves. first. Yeah, I guess. Uh, awesome, great. If you guys would like to do that, you're yeah. certainly All welcome right. to. Yay, Aeneas! Uh, right. After you, yes, Aeneas. Why don't you roll? Your second death save. Success, 11. All right, so that's one success, one failure. All Rena. right, I'm ready. And I'm using a different fucking D20. Okay. Thirteen, lucky and success. That's one success, okay. Anais, go ahead and roll. What'd you get? Twelve. Success. A 12? Yeah. Okay, so that's two successes and one failure. Failure. So I guess technically you're stable? No, I think you have to get to three. You have to get to so, three? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. only if you get like a crit one or a nat 20 that you oh, can just okay. bump back gotcha, up. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Um, right. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Success. Okay. Two successes for me as well. Come on, Anis. Roll that dice. Nat 20. Nat yeah, 20. You're up. Anais, you're up. You, with the natural 20, you are at one hit points. You are up. Ooh. You struggle to your feet. Um, the mound is, you don't see anything struggling. You don't hear anything struggling inside of the mound, but the mound is like hovering around you now, and the chanting is still happening in your ears. What do you do? Um, as a bonus action, I I flip him off. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I cast Thunderwave again. Okay, you're going to cast Thunderwave yeah. again. I'm going to roll that wisdom save. What is it? Uh, 17. Ah, all right. Half damage, half damage. I feel so bad. Is What is that? It was a six. A it six. was a six. 
Six points of damage? Yep. Okay. Six plus six. So you did well. Uh, I mean, it's still up. Yep. Shocking. Uh, is it me or the monster first? Uh, well, if Anais just got up, it's your turn, Rena. All right. Uh, my another death save. Okay. Nat twenty. Nat twenty. Oh my fuck god! Yeah. What are the fucking odds? Fuck yeah, Anais. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. All I've right. Okay. Um. So the you are, are doing with right life. I'm sure they're very pleased. They, you know, it's 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 a lot. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but you, the omens, the I believe, <laughs> they're good. Believe it, you hear, um, you hear like voices of like your your fallen family members, the calling out to you, and you go no, and then you uh, you pop back up. You're at one hit point. What do you do? I'm still inside of it, though, right? Yeah, you're still inside. Of yeah. It. Okay. Well. I, there's nothing I can do but make a well. Should I, and mm, I should I make a strength check or should I should I just try to whack it? I would say make a strength check. Get out of there if you can. All right. Um. How? I mean, I guess it can't really be bloodied. How together does it look? Um. From the inside. <laughs> from the inside. I do have dark vision, but I don't know if I can actually see anything. Right. From the inside, it looks like it's um it's still holding itself together, but it looks like it is it's taking a bit more of an effort. All right, I'm going to go that for makes the sense. Yeah, I'm going to go for the strength check. Okay. All right, that's a 7. I rolled a 13. Yeah. Good. You're still inside. I'm still inside. This is fun. Woo. Uh, it's the mound's turn. <laughs> Aaron, are your dice just like, they're 20-sided, but it's 20 on every side of the dice? <laughs> yeah, that's that's my real secret is I cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got these dice specially made just for Oh, me. you can't complain now. We both rolled nat 20s on our dice yeah. saves. <laughs> uh, so this mound is, you get back up, it's going to... Attack you again. I'm not shocked. Nat 20? No, what is your armor class? 13. I rolled a 15. Oh, of course you did. Okay. All right, okay, so you pass so out again. You're, you're out again. Great. Okay. Okay. Uh, Anais, roll a death save because it's your turn now. Well, do I have to start? Oh, so I just go right back to that saves because I still haven't gotten more oxygen, right? Oh, God. I don't know. How would you have gotten more oxygen? Right. I mean, I can. I don't think I can. No, right? I don't think. I don't. It think was my so. one hit point, like me, like opening its mouth for a second, or like what was it? Oh God, maybe. Yeah, I think that that one hit point was like a last ditch, like heart thump, whatever. Like okay. you managed to like pulse yourself up for one second, and then I guess you're unconscious again. Yep. We're both so unconscious both again. Okay. Um, I failed my death save with an eight. Okay, that's one fail. Rena, uh-huh. go ahead and roll. T- is ten a success or a failure? Success, uh, I think. Hmm. I don't remember. I think it's well. It's. I don't remember actually. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to remember. Hold on. Uh, let's check death saving throw to the internet. To the internet. 
Um, what is considered a successful death saving throw? Tell me. 10 or higher for success. So Hell you yeah. succeed uh, on your first one. Good All job. right. Good job. Thank you, thank you. Please Did move, it myself? Please move your die right now. Thank you. <laughs> My mistake. Oh, nat one. Does that mean I'm dead? That's, that's, two, that's failures. two failures. So you have... Yep, so I have three failures now. No! All right, Anais. As you struggle to get up, you're like, this will not take me. And uh, do you say anything on your way down? I say... What do I say? Eldritch creatures, you will feel you will feel my mind in the afterlife. All right, and I get and I flip him off again. She goes down with a vengeance and a couple of fingers, and <laughs> she is unconscious, uh, and dead, and dead. Yes. Um. Not that Rena, you hear this at all because you no. yourself are unconscious. Yeah. But uh. The people or the chanting voices uh, are now just have quieted down. Uh, it sounds like they're like it, the sounds are fading away, uh, and the shambling mound um, is starting to come apart around you, and you are now in the water. Okay, do I drown in the water? Um. Do I need to keep rolling is what I'm asking. Yeah, no, that's the question. <laughs> um, I, we could totally make this into ghost D&D. I'm into it. It might, you know, it might have to be like. We can totally start well, haunting this house. Two, you're in two feet of water. So, but you're already unconscious. So, right. So the question is, do I, do you want me to roll to see if I land on my front or my back? Sure. Make another, make one last roll. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll just do it death save style? Yeah, just do one death save. Nat fucking 20. (laughs) All right. You come to in the water face up. (laughs) Amazing. Um, Good work. The horror of the chanting that you remember is completely gone. The shambling mound is also gone, and your pal is dead on the floor. And... I feel sick to my stomach as I realize what has happened, that it has been fulfilled, but not through our own will. Um, I am going to run and grab Anais um, and try to get her back to my temple as quickly as possible because the head monk, the head monk of my temple, uh, Father Berrien mm-hmm. um, knows great healing. And if it is the will of Savras, if it is Aeneas's fate, she may be brought back. So I am going to try to escape this house carrying Aeneas's body. Okay. As you you carry this body... Out and away. And um, the house is quiet. No ghosts, no chanting. It lets me leave. It lets you leave. Interesting. Do I notice anything else of interest on my way out or is it all quiet? Um, 
when you when you leave um if you turn around and look back you see two children in the window upstairs creepy yeah okay i am going to file that away for later mhm uh and try to get Aeneas back to the temple which i think i can do um within okay. 10 days within 10 days yes uh and we can go through that um for the sake of this process we'll say that you book your way over there mm-hmm. um so usually resurrection rituals which is what you're talking about yes there's no way i'm getting her out in a minute <laughs> right um, I'm just looking some things over really quick. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Uh, Father Barian's cleric level, essentially. Yes. Um, um I mean, we'll, we can say that Father Barian can probably do that. Is There's also a gold cost, though, isn't there? Yeah, that's huge. It's like a thousand... Gold. So Aeneas and I may be in debt to Father Barian. <laughs> yes. Um you meet with Father Barian and he he is sad at your loss, but says that he doesn't have as much money to spare. Um yeah, it's about a diamond worth at least a thousand gold pieces. Um Don't have that, sorry. So so he can ha- he has that, but he would need you to find another for him afterwards. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's let's say that I agree to that, and I agree to the debt of. Um, I say I feel that Savras has chosen Aeneas as my pair, as my my other half in hunting evil. I feel that we have been through this together this horrifying thing, and I will not rest until we see it through. And so I agree to the debt of a thousand gold um, and have him bring back Aeneas. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the stuff for this role. Um, Aeneas? Yes. <laughs> Are you willing to come back? Yeah. The vengeance of her spirit is strong. I mean, that house thinks it's getting off easily. It's not. It's not. Aeneas is coming for it. <laughs> I will burn it down and go into that sub-basement and hack that mound to pieces if I have to. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, um, as you... Uh, rise back up you hear you hear some more of though you hear just for a minute as you come back a little gentle a little gentle chanting that says death be praise as you wake back up you're not sure what it means oh i know what it means do you that creepy death cult um was was in some way sit some way savored my death and was connected to it and this was it fading away as 
I was as I awaken. We'll see. Perhaps, perhaps we will see. But as you guys um, decide whether or not to go back into this house that you kind of failed to escape and seems to have been there, you realize that maybe, maybe something else needs to be done too. And that's where we're going to, I guess, pause this um, little thing. I'm going to pull up a uh, song while we transition out of role play mode. And uh, we'll be back in just a minute as soon as I figure out what song I'm going to play. Here we go. I grew up in the Dominican. Ah, don't forget, this is just a commercial, and we're about to skip it because we're on YouTube. Okay, here we go. Goodbye.
And we're back. Welcome to Gameplay Radio again. My name is Aaron. I'm your host. Um, we'll do a couple of housekeeping things because, hey, why the hell not? Um, did you know that? <laughs> thank you for that, Mike. Um, did you know that uh, we do affordable podcast recording services to people in the community? Uh, if you're thinking about starting a new podcast or want to get yours out of the kitchen uh, and into a professional studio where it belongs, Radio Free Brooklyn offers a low hourly rate, like really low comparatively, um, which includes a technician. So all you need to do is show up and record. Uh, if you're interested in that, you should definitely check it out. Um, as a special thanks to our live listeners like you, uh, we're offering an amazing discount through September 1st. So that's coming up, going to end in like a couple weeks. Uh, use the coupon code GPR when scheduling and you'll get 20% off the cost of your first recording with us. Just go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash podcast studio and enter GPR to get the discounts. Uh, so do that before September 1st and you get a discount. If not, just check it out because it's really cool and podcasts can be a lot of fun. Um, in other news, we are also a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means that we run entirely on donations, basically, donations and grants. But what we really need right now are your donations. Like, sincerely, we we would love and need your support. We do as much as we can to help support our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. But we can only continue to do that if we get donations from listeners like you. So please, please, if you have a moment, even $5, uh, you should check out radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate um, to help us stay on the air. Uh, so all tax, all contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. So you should check that out. It's radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. We love you. Uh, not at all related to money, but we would love you if you gave us money as well. Do you take donations? Uh, you know, you can give me donuts if you would like, Mike. <laughs> I see. I accept donations of donuts personally. I mean, who can resist? Unless you have like allergies, you're all set. (laughs) Donuts, hell yeah. (laughs) So uh, for those who are just popping in now, we just played Death House with a lot of death. A lot of death in that house. Uh Not literally just the house of people who were dead, but also we both kind of died. Both kind of died. Yeah. Yeah. And then quickly wrapped up a resurrection scene, which in any other kind of play situation would have taken a whole other session. Yeah. If we're honest. Um, I've even seen like there's a popular show called Critical Role where they do a whole bunch of like D20 roles for it. Yeah. Um, which I didn't realize until I was looking up how resurrection works that that's not actually how it usually goes. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to see like because obviously death would change a person it really would yeah so one time one time um rena had a character named enna who was true <laughs> resurrected from a pile of dust that i had been carrying around in my backpack so that was interesting it's true it, it was a two, rough time about two seconds wow. it was a rough time a whole thing of dust yes i was um disintegrated yes how yes. does that work like um i thought you had to have a body to be resurrected in dungeons and dragons you do for normal resurrection there's a like oh, super like a high level yeah 
I think it is called True Resurrection. Like Millionaire's Resurrection? Yes. Called True Resurrection. And resurrection. I spent all of my Tomb of Annihilation savings hmm. being resurrected. Yeah. Uh, Tomb of Annihilation is another uh, module, which is like a long, long campaign. Yes. Um, very long. <laughs> it's an entire hardback. Yes. It's an entire book, like coffee table sized book of story that people can uh, play. It's this whole tale where you like go to another island and stuff and- there's a whole lot of death in that as well. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> my understanding of actually the the game that this is so Death House is a precursor to um, Curse of Strahd, mm-hmm. which is another coffee table sized book of story. Um, my understanding of that is that also has a lot of you know creepy death and undead yeah. in it. So I think it is notoriously one of the harder modules to survive. Yep, and that's definitely evidenced by the way that uh, this was leveled. Which was only a prequel. <laughs> I know, it was only a prequel. And I spent, I feel like I spent so much of the time while we were playing this being like, oh God, it's too hard. It's too hard, <laughs> they're going to die immediately. <laughs> I think we really just should have, we needed a healer in the party. <laughs> you needed a healer in the party. You also could have run. We could have, and we just, didn't really think about that. Yeah, just you could have run. There was a whole planned thing here for if the party decides to run. Yeah, if an Aeneas would not have like you know ever gone for running, and she's even angrier now that she's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like how how is that going to go for Aeneas? Like she says she wants to try to destroy this house, but notoriously this house is yeah, I and mean, I think in unburnable. It'll be a whole new set of uh, vengeance li- quests. It'd be a whole new set of yeah. Aeneas likes books. Aeneas knows people. <laughs> Eldritch things do not like Aeneas. Yeah, Aeneas yeah. would have to do some research. I perhaps, dare say. perhaps the next version of this story can be played in Call of Cthulhu instead. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Um, yeah, there are so many different kinds of like creepy Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Yeah, and that's what I think is interesting too. Is like what you were just saying in D anD D, the instinct is never to run away. Never, yeah. Um, the party never runs away. The party always fights it like to the last person dying. Whereas in like horror games, often the only way to survive is to run and often you're supposed to run. Yeah. So it's interesting to see this crossover of a D&D party sort of entering a horror themed adventure. Yeah, it really is surprising how few people realize that they can just run away in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Right. It Because I think once you get into battle, you get that role for initiative and then you spend the next however long period of time trying to figure out how to beat your opponent. Right. Instead of thinking, oh, this is way too much. I got to go. Um, yeah, I can't even think of I can't think of a single situation where I've played D&D where someone has run away. <laughs> Funnily enough, my local my private game has run away multiple times from things. Which I think is good yeah. because sometimes you need to. It's true. I felt a little bit bad though cuz one of my my character is uh it my local game, she's a barbarian, uh notorious for not running away from things, but she got uh affected with the condition called frightened where she couldn't even move towards the thing and all of her attacks at disadvantage and it was just it was rough, and it was just at that moment I had to role player as like we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was personally Aaron was very annoyed by that situation, but you gotta do what you gotta do. I think that would have been a whole lot better with a wand of wonder. <laughs> you could have engulfed whatever you were fighting in giant butterflies. It would have been right. pretty great. A yeah. wand of wonder would have made things more interesting for sure, but it's kind of fun also to play 
uh, characters who are of a lower level, who are still learning things um, for whom, uh, you know, even just a ghoul can be something that kills you because if you were a normal person, that would kill you. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's true. I think it's easy in Dungeons and Dragons to think of it as a fight the enemy and you're always going to win. Right. Like, I think that's where, I think we've talked before on this podcast, uh, on this show, about uh, the phrase murder hobo. Yes. <laughs> um, murder hobo being um, a typical Dungeons and Dragons person who just fights everything, like right. just wants to fight everything. That they encounter that instead they encounter. of role playing. Yeah. And instead of role playing it. But I think part of that is possibly because like oftentimes we expect like battles in Dungeons and Dragons to be a win scenario like you fight hard enough and you win but and that's something that often doesn't happen in real life you lose to things all the time but but you want to think about vanquishing the dragon right but the reality is that that's not really actually the case a lot of the times even in Dungeons and Dragons you can still die yeah if you don't run away I mean something I've considered with Dungeons and Dragons in relation to other games like Call of Cthulhu is that Dungeons and Dragons is very black and white, good versus evil. In these other games, you know, there's more of a gray area, and I feel like that gray area is it. I mean, you can explore it in D and D, yeah, like more neutral characters, and even like maybe a lawful evil character if your party allows it. But, but like, yeah, there isn't that much of it, and that doesn't occur very often. Usually, you're just good, evil. That's what's going on. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's interesting to try to take that system and then, you know, play out more nuance to it for sure. Right. Um, I think also because Dungeons and Dragons is just such an escape for people. Well, right. People want to have a happy adventure away from their boring, possibly not successful regular lives. Right, yeah. Um, but at the same time, I find it so cool when, like, dark shit happens like yeah i think it makes for a much more interesting story yeah i mean a whole story has ups and downs um i have one character that i there's one character that i know of that um his entire intelligence now we the player the characters have not been told this but the players know because the guy who runs this character told us because he wanted to but uh his intelligence is so high only because he has the special band on his head right uh, and every once in a while, I'm just like, oh, I really want that band to come off. Like, I want to see what that what he like, what he's yeah. like when he's not supposed to be like the smart person. But right. um, it hasn't happened. And I'm not about to take it off him because that would be <laughs> horrible. Um, but even just now, like, yes, there was a lot of death and yeah. uh, tough roles and stuff. But so many roles. But um, that now made for like a great starting of uh like solidifying a friendship of two characters who can go on to have like great adventures on this quest with a purpose right like it's way better than we met at a tavern (laughs) yeah yeah that's very true (laughs) you found this common cause right um so that's particularly very cool yeah so to um and the idea of the debt as well you know giving you purpose because you know adventurers sometimes are just adventurers to be adventurers. So I think it's interesting when you have very specific character motivations. Yeah, which I think a one-shot can lend a lot to. Yeah. um, Because you create this one very quirky character, and then if you pick it up later, you pick it up later. Right. 
Did did you guys like the characters you created for this game? Oh yes, I I, I love I love my character. It does exactly that's exactly how I'd respond if I had the strength to respond that way. I mean, obviously, I do not have magical powers or proficiency with a longbow. What do you but, mean? <laughs> but I mean, she's just a total badass and should be able to take should be able to take out almost anything on a higher level. I mean, she'll be a less obnoxious version of my strongest character. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah i I thought it was interesting. I think um, I think I could have maybe expanded on uh, the weird, uh, superstitious nature of Rinna mm. more if if I continued to use the character, which would be fun for me because most of my characters tend to be very rational. Um, so really, <laughs> so that would be fun. I think to try to you know look at things from a different angle. Would you call an irrational? Yeah, my past character who died, um, who was disintegrated, <laughs> was a little uh, hasty to rush into things as well. A little bit, little yeah. bit loopy. Yeah, you know, it's it's fun to run into stuff sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I fight against that myself when I'm like my character would not worry about this, but I worry about it so much. Right. <laughs> it's where I'm just like, oh my God, like this is a terrible idea. Do not go in there. And yet my character wants to go in there. And right. it's it's a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Really yeah. So I think it was uh really interesting to see how that played out. I think it's a great start. It would be a great start to a campaign. Yeah, um, it sounds like a Stephen King novel or miniseries. I yeah. have one in particular I'm thinking of too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's called Rose Red. It's this massive haunted mansion um, that people just stay away from, and there were points in which it was open for tours, but people just dot disappear on the tours, and the house is just like building on the strength. Mm. And eventually, um, what ends up being its downfall is that it attempts to um, co-opt the psionic powers of of a child who's in the house, a living child, and she ends mm. up raining meteors down on it. Wow. And you know, uh advanced D D, the old D D uh used to have psionic powers as a possibility. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It did. Um, it did. I can't even imagine what that would look like now. Yeah. Like if you it's like Stranger Things really combines that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they they are the ones that truly have the old school D and D. Yeah. Um. So, would you guys say that you experience more horror related things when you play Dungeons and Dragons than other storylines, or? Um, I not usually. Like, it can get really dark. Yeah, but I feel like this was definitely more horror than the D and D that I've played in the past. Hmm. Which I enjoyed. I mean, and there can definitely be some really creepy, scary things, but they're not scary. They're just scary because they're powerful, not necessarily because they're horrific. Yeah, that's fair. I attempted to DM a game. It did not go well. I did not put as much time into it as I probably should have. But <laughs> um, I guess that's partially me not knowing I would need to put this much time into it. But like, it was scary for... Like, I wanted it to be scary for my players in the sense that their foes had a very specific ideology that would mean the end of everything. Mm. And that that was scary. And this, it's a different kind of scary than, like, oh, Cthulhu's going to eat us. And more of a, um, oh, 
we're all going to get chopped into little pieces and we're not going to be able to do anything about it unless we stop this thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. and DMing is really, is really tough for sure and does oh require God. a lot of work. So thank you, Aaron, for being a great DM. Oh, yes. uh, thank you guys for being very patient players. <laughs> um, I... DMing is so much fun. There are sometimes times where it's like there are a lot of little things that I feel like I need to learn and remember because I want my characters, my players to be able to do anything they want to. Yeah. Um, But when they throw you for a loop, (laughs) you're like, "Uh, I I didn't prepare for this. (laughs) I I wasn't ready. (laughs) I should have looked into this. Yeah, it's a lot. Don't tell me you weren't aware, weren't ready for a baby beaver named Butternut. I was not not ready for a baby beaver, but actually I handled that one okay. You did a very good job. Thank you. Uh, And thank thank you guys so much for playing with me. Um, It was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I hope that we can bring you guys back on and I hope that you guys get to continue playing Curse of Strahd at some point. Absolutely. Um, Now that you've gotten a taste. um, And I hope that our listeners also have gotten this taste and find themselves wanting to do some creepy dungeons and and dragoning uh, when... Like maybe even over Halloween, it's going to be coming yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, give that a thought. Uh, we, I'm going to have someone else be covering next week, so I will not be here. But we will be back the week after the weekend after that. And um, are you doing Honey Heist? One day we will do Honey <laughs> Heist, but I'm not. I'm not sure quite yet. We're going to have big things happening in September, but I'm waiting to solidify them first. I do Honey Heist again, and just be very different than I was last time because like I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's there's a bit of a learning curve for almost any game, but yeah. um I think it'll be great. Uh thank you guys. We'll hopefully bring you back on soon and thanks to our listeners for hanging out. This is Gameplay Radio. Stay tuned for more Radio Free Brooklyn afternoon goodness and I'm just going to play a bit of one of my favorite creepy songs, The Decemberists, The Mariner's Revenge. Woohoo. Um for the last five minutes we're gonna leave now but uh thank you guys for hanging out make sure to donate goodbye we are two mariners a ship's sole survivors in this belly of a whale It's ribs are ceiling beams, it's guts are carpeting, I guess we have some time to kill. You may not remember me, I was a child of three, and you a lad of eighteen. But I remember you, and I will relate to you, how our histories interweave. Disappeared.
Your gambling arrears The only thing you left behind And then the magistrate Reclaimed our small estate And my poor mother lost her mind Then one day in spring My dear sweet mother died But before she did I took her hand as she dying cried It took me 15 years to swallow all my tears Among the urchins in the street Until a priory took pity and hired me To keep their vestry nice and neat But never once in the employ of these holy men Did I my mind from the thought of revenge oh. One night I overheard the prior exchanging words with a penitent whaler from the sea The captain of his ship who matched you toe to tip was known for one cruelty 